Hey dudes, what happens when a tsunami hits an erupting volcano? New Mountain Sea Blast Cinnamon. of you have finished up in the underground complex beneath the Blue Harbor's bottling plant, and you have begun ascending the treacherous stairs carved into the cliffside, leading up to the plant proper. I'm assuming you're keeping Max Zilver with you? Yes, we've carried him along. Okay, who is carrying him? I shall be carrying him, making sure he does not escape and do anything nefarious. Mostly his screams and complaints largely reflect the fact that he is not wearing any pants. But this climb up the cliffside requires finesse and balance. And those things are hard to maintain with somebody kicking and screaming on your shoulder. How might you be trying to deal with this? It would be wise for you to cease your prattling little shaking. Unless you truly wish... To go and take a dip, a task you are certainly dressed for by comparison. Please roll to manipulate someone. A five and a two, plus my charm of two. Five and two is seven, plus two is nine. I'm smart. All right, all right, I'll calm down, I'll stop kicking, I'll stop screaming, but you have to make me a promise. A knight's word is his vow. What would you ask of me? You gotta get me some pants. Young Trevor, would it be possible for you to dispense with your, mm, pantaloons of this day? Um, what? I do remember you had once told me that you always wore a second pair in case of emergencies. It appears we have now found ourselves within one. Back? Back up pants? Sure, man. Give me a sec. And I go walk behind a rock and produce backup pants. My backup pants are my underwear. You can keep these, bro. I won't be needing them after this. And I hand Max Silver my underwear. Uh, those aren't pants. Hang on a second. And I go back down the staircase. Trevor, stop. Wait, what? It's fine. It's no, it's fine. I reach into my gym bag and produce a pair of sweatpants. These are my gym clothes. They're far too good for you, clone. But if you'll stop moving around because you're wearing pants, put them on. Do not give me a reason to hit you in the head with a hammer again. Hey, hey, listen, buddy. Nobody wants me getting hit in the head with a hammer again. I just gotta protect my, you know, tackle blocks from the inclement weather. And he slides into your sweatpants. Okay, let's go. Onward. And I imagine we continue to climb. Trevor. Yeah, man. You are on the beach with this monstrosity standing before you. 
it has been a minute or two of this thing treading water and glowering at you while making weird alien squid noises. When the Elikantu flies over with Atsimanu riding atop it. She lands on the beach, facing whatever this creature is, and climbs off the back of her metal bird. She looks to you. What? What the hell is happening? I don't know, man. I was out in the water with Og, and we were on jet skis, and then this dude showed up. Yeah, man. And, like, I didn't know where to go, so I swam, and I swam, and I came this way, and, like, the things weren't out there, and they didn't help. So, like, I kept swimming, and then there was the shore. And I was like, yeah, no, that one. I want that one. So I swam here. And I got on the shore, and here you are. So thank you for being here, because this is, like, really scary, and your bird is, like, really not scary. So, like, thank you. And, hey, by the way. Hey. Um, I am not sure how, but you have summoned one of the elder beings of, of the world. This is... A monster that lives deep in the in the darkest recesses of the ocean. I've heard legends of it, but they do not know if it was real. Well, I think it was sleeping underneath the Blue Harbor's bottling company, because that's where I was jet skiing, and that's where it was like, Wah! and that's where it started to chase me, and that's why I had to swim back this way, and that's why the things weren't there that were trying to save me, and that's why I came to the shore, because it was there, and I was like, oh my god, I gotta go to the shore, because I'm really tired of swimming, and I came here, and you were here, and thank you for being here, because it's really scary. At this point, the squid monster trills violently. The Alicanto squeaks and squawks back. Uh, apparently, this monster says you attacked it. Me? Wait, didn't it try to eat Og? I didn't attack it. I don't attack things. I stopped and I was like, I'm going to fight. And then I was like, no. And I was like, I'm going to run. Og averts his gaze and attempts to whistle poorly. Whistle, whistle, whistle. Hey, man. Um, did you bite the elder being by chance? Hungry. Looked yummy. Alright, cool, man. I get it. Um, and like, what's an elder being being like, you know, affected by a shark even a thing? How is that, how is that even a thing? He's an elder being. He can't be hurt. You can't bite an elder being. That's not a thing. You can't like, he can't feel pain from that. Why is he upset? That's wild. I'm sorry, dude. And I turn to the other being. I'm like, hey, man, with my hand in the air. It screeches and points at what looks like a bite taken out of, like, right under the fingernail. Oh, that's a tough spot, man. Ow. I'll tell you what, man. I'm going to get you a swimming pool full of aloe. We can dip your hand in it, wrap it up. It'll heal in no time. Go back to sleeping. Nobody has to get hurt because we're wicked sorry. It screeches and warbles some more. Apparently, the Alicanto translates it for your druid friend, and she does her best to translate it for you. I, I, I think its feelings are hurt. I, I don't think many things actually try to bite it. Well, to be fair, we ran because we were scared when we noticed it was angry at us. Og begins to whistle again. I see. Um, so, like, how does it want to resolve its fe- I'm so sorry, dude. I don't know how to fix your feelings, man. I could, like, run away scared again, because I'm still scared. But, uh, 
it screeches and thrashes a little bit. Apparently, it is also upset that you think uh, it is so hideous that you must run from it. Not disgusting looking, man. Scary. Like... It shrieks again. Well, I don't know how you'd quantify scary, the water splash, and I don't like splashy water. Splashy water is kind of scary. But I surf all the time. I'm near waves, so I'm used to them splashing because they're supposed to splash. But other waves aren't supposed to splash when there's nothing there to make waves, but you were there to make waves and making splashies, and that's kind of scary to me. So, like, you know, that's why I was scared. Plus, I don't think we communicate very well because you can understand me, but I can't understand you unless I got a translator over here. More screeching, more squawking. He thinks you are being very rude. Your friend took a bite out of it, and you've been sitting here insulting it ever since, uh, ever since I've, I've been here. Wow, man. I don't mean to be insulting. Am I coming off insulting? That's not cool. You, you keep calling it hideous and ugly. And terrifying. I, I mean, if you said these things about me, I definitely would not be feeling very good about myself. Oh. Well, I'm sorry. You're truly a being of beauty. And I'm sure... There's an Elder Torah out there for you. Hmm. He, it says that it is uh, indeed lonely. And if there is an Elder Torah out there for it, perhaps you could help it find true love. Well, if there's anybody that can help you find true love, it's me, Trevor Evs, Detective Extraordinaire. Back to the other side of things. You have gotten to the top of the cliffside, and there is a back door on the back of the factory that says employees only do not enter this means you well i suppose gentlemen that it's a good thing that our friend mr silver here is an employee open the door max hey i'll be happy to try to open the door for you just gotta you know give me a little space i got retinal scanners and fingerprint scanners and mine might not be exactly the same as they used to be you know i've gone through some things I raise the hammer to remind him of his most recent going-ons. Max Silver places his hand upon the biometric scanner. And after a little bit of a red line sweeps up and down, a video screen flashes to life above the door. And you see your old friend Boris. Max, Max, Max. I didn't expect to see you here again. Oh, look, you've brought friends. Now, 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 listen to me. They're not my friends. Uh, they have just been uh, bludgeoning me repeatedly with some of my own work tools. Well, yes, you are a coward and a simpleton. Whereas these three, well, they might not be cowards, but they are still just as dumb. Well... Boars, you're certainly looking a lot smaller than when I last saw you, so I wouldn't be talking so tough. Does, does he not understand what a, a, a video is? No. He has seen countless hours of television at this point and still believes that miniature people are performing a stage play. It's astounding, truly. And the sooner you get out of your tiny box and see me face to face, the sooner we can settle this. So you've come to settle things face to face. I think that can be arranged. And the metal doors slide open in front of you. 
I prod Max Silver through the door first. Whoa, whoa, whoa. No, there is no whoa. If there's bullets flying, you get first dibs. Hey, hey, that's... I've, I've been... I've been... I've been helping. I, I haven't fought you any step of the way. We've been having a good time here. I don't see why I need to keep being involved. I can... I can make my way home from here. I... Look, I, I, I got a, a spare car around the back. I, I, I'm just slowing you guys down. Max, Max, Max. When That's will you learn? Wear it out. There was there was only ever one of two options, and then I hit him in the head with the hammer. Ah no! Ow! Ah! Ah! The poetic justice of it all. Ah! Get going. Okay, and he starts to walk away. And I just grab him by the collar and send him directly into the factory. He doesn't have a collar. I grab him by the neck. Ah! Uh, and uh, uh, one-handed it toss was worth him. A try. After you, Sir Knight. Verily so. And I enter. I enter uh, after Sir Osmond and let Trevor bring up the rear. And into the labyrinthian complex you go. And by labyrinthian, basically, as soon as you walk in, there is a giant vat with a fancy device floating above it. It's got what appears to be a glowing chalice floating, suspended in some kind of energy. As three large pipes above it empty together into a containing bowl, the various chemicals mix and swirl around the glowing chalice before the bowl opens and dumps everything into a large vat, which begins funneling through various tubes into a bottling system. Two of the various tubes are pouring forward a mostly clear liquid. The third is some awful, disgusting green-colored goo that is obviously where the Mountain Sea Blast gets its color from. There are various workers huddled and hiding around the room. They're poking their heads around pieces of furniture or support beams just to see what's going on. By Excalibur, the foul ichor that has followed us all these days, creating such corruptions of nature are themselves based from the corruption of the Grail. Well, Osmond, the good news is that you can go and retrieve the Grail now, and we can end this. The bad news, I'm afraid. You turn and see Bors standing atop a catwalk, exiting an office. He is carrying with him a sheathed sword. It's resting over his shoulder, non-threateningly, as he begins to descend the stairs. I'm not going to let you have it. The Grail is not meant for you, Bors. Nor is it truly meant for me. It never has been meant for the Order of the Knights Round. It has never been for the Order. It was for our king. It was the duty of the knights to retrieve it. A duty you have forsaken. Forsaken? 
Me, I am the one who... Well, we were the ones who found it. We are the ones who... Traveled all across the world. Meanwhile, you were... Here, gallivanting away in some... Other realm, other world. You don't have the first clue about how much we went through to retrieve this grail. I can honestly say that... While I'm certain that you and your fellow knights faced adversities to acquire the grail... You oh, have... you don't even begin to understand. The adversity wasn't finding the grail. The adversity was living after we had it. The adversity was understanding secrets of this universe not meant for mankind. For, for living so far beyond our mortal lifetimes that those whose grandchildren might have heard stories of us would think we were but myths. I'm sure it did great pains to you to do away with your mortality. However, that is no excuse for distributing an absolute nightmare of a product to the public, to creating panic and havoc Simply to turn a profit. To turn a profit? No, no, no. This isn't about money. This is about fixing things. This is about the horror that this world has become. This is about the great men who have struggled and died to build this, this temple to corruption that surrounds us. This is for my brothers, who could not handle this world, who could not handle the, the things they had to do, who, who found the grail and then paid the price for it. It seems to me the only temple of corruption anywhere is this foul building full of awful soda. The good news is... We've come to put an end to it. Welcome to the middle of the episode, everybody. Hey! Episode 30, kind of important. Surprisingly important, huh? But we're going to take this opportunity, as we do every week in the middle of our episode, to remind you folks that you can check out the Umbral Theater Presents Expeditions of the Extra Normal everywhere you get your favorite podcast, whether it's Podbean, iHeartRadio, iTunes, where everywhere great podcasts are. And we really do appreciate you guys listening to us, following us for this 30-episode journey so far. And we leave you with the most important of questions. Which members of the crew here are the corresponding members of a rock band. I myself think that I am the drummer. I think we need to, to dwell on this for a second. Yeah, man, you did put this on the shelf a little while ago, so like we're going to take it off the shelf real quick. Taking it off the shelf, yeah, we'll, we'll spend a couple of minutes talking about this. Yeah, we were discussing at the beginning of the show who would be what in the in-world like rock band. So what position would like Og have and Trevor and... Uh, Father O'Malley, and that guy who wears a night suit. So check it out. 
I think Og's the lead singer. I think I'm the lead guitarist. I think that Sir Osmond is the drummer, and I think that Father O'Malley is the bassist. Yeah, I have a mean bass face. Yeah, man. Anybody who wants to chime in on this, uh, we'll read them on the next episode, because we just think this is funny. And we'd love to hear more from you, our viewers. And now, back to the show. One small additional note. Some of the upcoming scenes use an optional rule introduced in other Powered by the Apocalypse games. I'm sure you'll notice when things change drastically for our heroes, but it's all towards a greater purpose. Trevor Ebbs. Hey, man. You are sitting on the beach, and... Since they don't have the internet in the far corners of the Eldritch world, you have a big, large photo book full of eligible Eldritch ladies. You're not sure that's the appropriate term because some of these creatures exist beyond gender and some of them have existed since before gender. So who really knows? But this big monstrous thing has pulled itself up onto the beach and is sitting next to you looking over your shoulder. Oh, cool, man. I'm glad we've got past the, you know, scared out of my skin phase. And we're into the bonding over desirable traits in a significant other phase. And, like, I point to, like, pictures and shrug my shoulders it tries to communicate you with this weird squiggly squid talk. And Auntie Manu just kind of nods and turns to you. It says that um, it, it any matches need to exist in at least five dimensions. Anything less than they cannot truly comprehend uh, the, the same points of view. All right. It's like... Four more dimensions than I knew existed. Cool. And I flip to one that has a symbol that I hope is fifth dimensional. Og tries counting to five on his fingers, but he only has three and a thumb. Aw. I lend him a toe. Atimanu looks at you for a moment, wondering why you had a toe in your pocket. But decides not to ask. I'm curious, too. Look, it came in handy. Og looks back and forth a couple of times. Aw, I'm not getting that back. <laughs> Slowly raises the toe <laughs> towards his mouth. <laughs> yeah, you know what? And it's gone. It's for the best. <laughs> and then I flip the pages and point to another one. Hopefully this one has a fifth dimension symbol in it. Back to the stare down. As Boars stands waiting for you to make the first move. This is going to go very badly for you. I've been at this a while. I know how to handle myself. Osmond, you go left, I'll go right. Ebbs, you get the cup. Are you sure you don't need my help? Trevor, no no offense, but every time you get in the thick of things, it usually ends up pretty poorly. 
So let's secure the cup first, and then if we need you, we'll call for you. Agreed. You should go for the chalice itself as well, my good friend. I shall take on my rival alone. Okay. Okay. Uh, so I will head off with Trevor towards the cub. To the vat. Two steps later. You're at the vat. How tall is it? Fifteen feet. Are there, like, handholds to grab? Rivets? Twirly knobs? Dials? Tubes? There are tubes, but they, like, climb up the wall and, like, reach over and connect to other machines. Ah. The only thing that's connected to this connects directly to the bottom. And that's how it's funneling the processed liquid into the bottling systems. Oh, so we're not, we're trying to get on top of it though, right? Yeah. Okay. Trevor, how tall are you? Uh, like 5'9". I'm going to give uh, Trevor 10 fingers up and then have him stand on my shoulders and attempt to climb up to the top of the the vat. Sounds good. Yeah. Father O'Malley, I would like you to roll to read a bad situation. Well, a five and a five is ten. And my cool, if I double check, is a two. So that's going to be a twelve. That means you've got a hold three. All right. So what is my best way in? So the best way in would either be climbing up the side of this, which is going to be very difficult, or perhaps getting a ladder or other piece of similar equipment and using that to climb up. Okay. There are, in fact, some of those, I don't know the name of them, those little cars with the, like, rising bits. Oh, yeah, like a, like a genie Scissor power lift. lift. Yeah. Scissor lift. Yes. Okay. Are there any dangers we haven't noticed? Yes. As you are giving Trevor ten fingers and he is climbing up on you, uh, you notice he has both feet. Oh. That is something that's very important to know. Um, as Trevor is starting to climb up, I'm going to just duck down from under him and make a break for, uh, the nearest scissor lift. You got it. Whoa, thud. Hey man, not cool. Yeah, neither is that second foot you have. Ah, Spring to the top of the vat. With a single leap. Trevor Ebbs is atop the vat. And, like, is the top of the vat a solid surface, or is it liquidy? Well, it's like one of those, like, giant crucibles you see at a steel mill kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Except that it's filled with cola. And how far across is it? Like, to the middle where the, the chalice is? Uh, about a ten-foot jump. It's not too difficult. The difficulty is the glowing energy field that surrounds the cup before it empties into the basin. Huh. Back to the fight. Sir Osmond. Bors slowly draws his blade and casts the sheath aside. It's been some time, Osmond. But I suppose you will be the last of the round to die. I unsheath my own blade. The blade that I had retrieved 
after having lost mine own. Still pristine and untouched by the modifications that this era has forced me to undertake. You found Percival's blade. Percival's blade found me. And soon it shall find you as well. He smiles. Come then, let me show you what ten centuries has wrought. And I charge in. And I shall open with a low swing to take his feet out from under him. Roll plus tough. A5 and a 2 make for a 7, plus my tough of 3 totals 10. With a 10, you come in low. He wasn't quite expecting that. And it takes him a moment to adjust. He switches up his stance, brings his sword low, blocks your attack. Almost effortlessly. But you do see a bead of sweat begin to trickle down his forehead. As though he might have underestimated you. Maybe it's been so long since he's truly done battle that he's a little thrown off his game. I will immediately use the force of his block to swing back around and come up high, down across his head. Roll plus cool. A four and a three make for seven, plus my bonus of cool plus one totals out as an eight. For succeeding on the first roll, you have a plus one ongoing, which brings you to a... That would give me a total of nine. With a nine, you rattle him further. He blocks the attack, but your blade brushes his hair, and a few strands are severed and fall. He is angered, and with a speed that's impossible to fathom, he lashes out against you. You gain an additional plus one ongoing, but... You must choose one of the following consequences. You are disarmed, paralyzed, or otherwise rendered harmless. You disappear, lost, thrown far away, or are forced to flee. Massive damage is done to surrounding property. Innocent bystanders are maimed or killed. You suffer a severe injury. You suffer a critical injury. You suffer a fatal injury. You suffer a physical or psychological trauma. You die quickly. You die painfully. You die messily. Or the villain achieves their goal. I believe that the large amount of property damage... Yes, that is what occurs. With a mighty swing that you are barely able to defend against. The vat in the middle of the room is smashed open and the back walls of the building are blown out. Father O'Malley, the scissor lift that you have been climbing, spins 90 degrees and lurches, and whoever this Trevor Ebbs is falls to the floor. This concentrated green foulness splashes and flows through the area. 
several of the workers and scientists are covered in the substance and begin transforming. Father O'Malley. Yes, my son. It's your turn to try something. After I regained my composure from things spinning out of control, it spun around, but it wasn't destroyed? Correct. It was just kind of turned off course. All right. Uh, I'm going to get it back under control and, and start heading back towards the vat and ultimately uh, the grail. I would like you to roll plus cool. Okay. So a four and a three is a seven, plus two for my cool is a nine. You also gain the same plus two ongoing that Sir Osmond is receiving. Okay. What does that bring you to? Um, oh, so I was at a nine, so I'd be at an 11. With an 11, you turn and drive this machine in and crash it into Trevor Ebbs as you pull up underneath it. You throw the levers and begin to rise towards the grail. You said there was an energy field around it, right? Yes. Um, I, as I'm on the rise, holding the lever with one hand, I take Maxwell Zilver's hammer and throw it skyward just to see uh, if a simple act of force will break the field. It hits the force field and shatters. All right, it will take something more. Because of your success, you gain an additional plus one. Okay. Sir Osmond, you're going straight for the grail, you cowards. I guess I'll just have to deal with you myself. And he begins walking towards Father O'Malley, blade drawn. Your fight is just with me. And I will begin to charge in at him. And at just about five feet away, I will uh, lift up my, my big toe, which I know hits a switch inside of the boot that causes me to be propelled upward at a significant height very suddenly, much larger than a normal jump which I then use to bring my sword down in a blow that would, under normal circumstances, split my opponent's helm. I'd like you to roll plus tough. That is a six and a one, plus my tough of three would be ten. I believe I still have a plus one to this ongoing. All of these ongoing numbers are stacking for everyone involved in the scene. So I believe that puts me at... Would that put me at a plus 11 or at a plus 13? It's a plus 3 total, I believe, right now. Very interesting. That is a total of 13. With a 13, he throws his blade up to block, not paying any attention to you as he proceeds. But the force you bring to bear drives him to one knee and your blade bites into his shoulder. You've achieved your first success in this battle. You must choose an additional consequence. It is in that moment that I am in fact disarmed. 
you drive your blade so strong and so deep that it shatters, having broken his collarbone. In his great condition, the blade was. It was still old. And it is striking something with some kind of mystical reinforcement. This blow easily should have cut an armored man in half. But it has made him mad. Trevor Ebbs. Hey, man. Chaos has broken out. What are you doing? Well, I noticed there was a field around the cup. And it's also above that liquid that seems to be doing horrible things to other people. But, since I don't care about them, I grab one of the bystanders hiding behind a desk, and I throw him at the cup to see if he moves it. Roll to read a bad situation. Okay. Well, a one and a two is a three, and my sharp of two makes that a five. Uh, With a five, you hurl him at the energy field, but he doesn't quite go high enough, and instead passes below the force field and collides with some equipment on the other side of the room. Drat. Also, I get further from the fight. You make some distance. Father O'Malley. Yes, my son. An innocent worker was just hurled to his death in front of you. By the fake Trevor Ebbs? Uh, You can assume it's a fake, but you can't be entirely sure. No, it's definitely a fake Trevor Ebbs. Does the fake Ebbs appear to be attempting to flee the scene? No, the fake Ebbs appears to be lurking around the edges, watching as you attempt to retrieve the grail. All right. Um, I am going to reach up and place my hand tentatively against the force field, the what we're calling the force field. Roll plus weird. All right, well, a 5 and a 5 is a 10, plus my weird of 0 is a 10, but I have plus 3 ongoing right now, so it's a 13. With a 13, you reach up, and the righteous fury that burns through your veins shatters this force field as you reach through it. But there are consequences. Choose one from the list of consequences. You cannot choose something that has already been chosen. I will choose to suffer a psychological trauma. As the holy energy within you interacts with this field and burns it away, the first thing you contact on the other side is pure, undiluted, concentrated mountain sea blast. And as it touches your skin... You feel his touch leave you. Your connection to the divine is... is simply gone. Okay. There's something that... I died. Bors kicks Sir Osmond off him as he sees you get through the force field. And begins charging towards you. Um... Either one of you can act right now. Whether you want to defend yourself or if Osmond wants to. I would like to physically restrain via grabbing boars 
in a bear hug from behind and keeping him there. Roll plus tough. A four and a two is a six, plus my tough of three makes a nine, plus my plus three ongoing is a total of twelve. With a twelve, you slow him down slightly. You're able to hold him back for a moment, but this moment might be long enough. Gain an additional plus one ongoing as he tries to shrug you off and leaps towards Father O'Malley. He's leaped towards me? Yes. He's in the air coming for you, blade drawn, ready to strike you down. I'm going to, as quickly as I can, jam the down stick on the lift. Roll plus sharp. Okay, so a three and a three is a six. Plus my plus three ongoing is a nine. Plus my sharp of one is a ten. He sails past you, missing you by inches. And lands on the other side. He turns, he scowls. And you have but a moment to act. Um, I'm just... While holding the cup, gonna jump off the opposite side of the You lift. haven't gotten the cup yet. Oh, I thought I had the cup. No, no, you had reached through the the field, and then he came in to kill you. And you dodged downward. Alright. I am going to... The force field is gone, but the cup is still floating in the air. Okay. I am going to... Um, just with my sword bat the cup towards Osmond and go, Osmond, get out of here with this and just try to smack the cup to him. Roll plus cool. Okay. Um, a four and a two is six plus my cool of two is an eight plus three is an eleven. With an 11, you hit the cup and it falls and it clatters to the ground. But it doesn't quite get to Osmond. It is in between you and Boris. He begins sprinting towards it. Osmond, what would you like to do? I am also going to sprint towards it, and specifically towards Boris on an intercept path. So you're trying to... you're aiming for Boris and not the cup? Correct. I am looking at his speed and running so that I will be intercepting him on his way to the cup. And I'm effectively going to try to latch onto him and give him a suplex into the ground. Roll plus tough. A six and a two is eight, plus my tough of three for eleven, plus my... Ongoing plus four for a total of 15. With a 15, choose a consequence. What were the consequences for uh, injuries to sustain? Se severe critical fatal. I will take a critical injury. So a mid-level injury, not the, the weakest? That is correct. You slam into boards and take him to the ground. He slides across the wet 
ground and slams into the wreckage of the and slams into the wreckage of the cauldron that was holding the pure sea blast. It shifts and twists and partially covers him. It looks like he might be trapped. You stand to your feet and see the hilt of his sword protruding from your gut. The grail is at your feet. Painfully, I reach down and pick up the grail. And I look into its waters for the first time in my long quest. Not to ruin a great scene, but it is just covered in mountain sea blast. Thanks, everyone, for following along this far. For those of you who are unfamiliar with what happened towards the end there, we were using the Overwhelming Foe rules from the Powered by the Apocalypse game called Uncharted Worlds. It's a subsystem designed when fighting somebody who is far outside of your class, and it's designed to provide a challenge where killing the enemy isn't necessarily an option. You're trying to succeed on your task or prevent them from achieving theirs. If you'd like to learn more about that, I would definitely recommend looking into the Uncharted Worlds Powered by the Apocalypse game. Thank you very much.